Hello and welcome back to We Bought a Mic for Good Mike Hunting, a series on the films of Mr. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Awakenings, a pop culture neurologist <laughs> cast. Going with that. Mm-hmm. I'm Ernest. I am. He's paralyzed. <laughs> he can't say anything. Oh, I'm Drew. Um, but i just needed some of that i needed some special medicine to actually realize that i was hunter so this is a tough one to talk about it's it's it was it was tough to watch not even in the sense that it was like awful it was just a slog to get it's yeah i would call it a slog at at like a lot of different points in it we're talking directed by penny marshall uh, who's done great shit? Big. And then I, written by I, Steve Zalian, who has written yeah, incredible movies. He wrote fucking The Irishman a couple years ago. Hell yeah, he did. Like a legendary screenwriter. And I don't think it's like super poorly written. I just think we're missing we're we're missing the sauce here. I'm very torn on this movie, guys, because on one hand, I feel like this is an important movie. Like I feel like I wanted to cover this because. This is our chance to see Robert De Niro and Robin Williams on screen together. There's like literally no other movie. I think there's like one more that they do together, but I don't even know if they are on screen together. Mm -hmm. In this movie, they're on screen for like most of the movie together. Yeah. So I I wanted to see that. And one of them is giving a performance. Uh, And and, and it's, (sighs) well, this movie is sweet. It's heartfelt. It's tragic. Mm-hmm. And it's telling a true story this, of of this 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 doctor in the '60s who finds a way to awaken a group of patients who have this severe mm-hmm. disability. Based, I think that's an important yeah, true based story. on a true story that's like really it's like fascinating. A fascinating yeah, idea. it's super interesting, and they they take a lot of the juice out of that premise. But on the other hand. It just doesn't work like this so, movie just it doesn't work at all. It's like so tough to get through. I want to I, I want to ask of you guys. Why. Yeah, I want to ask you guys actually up front here. Did you like the first half or the second half more of this movie? I kind of like the second half more a little bit. It's tough, but I think that go is with the second half. That is what you would call a classic difficult decision. <laughs> <laughs> the thing because is, there are parts of. I like the first half because I f- the thing that really caught my interest a lot more than anything else in the movie was the science experiment of it all. Mm-hmm. The you know the the doctor going through a process to discover something huge. That was that's interesting. Yeah. Um the, that's like the meat of what is fascinating to me. Uh however the second half of the movie, we get to see the results of his findings. And that's also really interesting. There are parts that are are compelling and are fascinating to watch. And it's tragic. Yeah. It's just both halves also just have a bunch of other shit that mm-hmm. sucks. They have a bunch of fucking melodrama, really. That's that's what just zapped the energy out of it's, this for me. Yes, it's it's the, slog. The sappiness. The melodrama. So, you know... So I, I will say I actually enjoyed the first half a good bit more than the second half of this movie. Um, mostly, I think that the movie actually gets markedly worse as soon as Robert De Niro starts talking. Um, Here's what I'll say: I'll just, like, as soon as that, I think the best part of the movie is actually the the second. The, half. I think the middle, the, the middle, middle chunk is the best part of the yeah. movie. A hundred percent. 
Absolutely. I think the beginning where it starts off, it starts off kind of slow. And I think the ending is... It starts out very fucking The ending, slow. I think, is bad. Like, the ending is just straight up bad. But there is that middle chunk where, like... I had like a weird nostalgia moment for yeah, this movie. So things where things starts clicking a little you, bit. It feels like a movie for a minute. Yeah, there. No, yeah it really does. It, it kind of it's this type of Oscar bait that was really big in the late eighties and the early nineties. We didn't talk about the actual the nineteen the seventy sixty second Academy Awards on the last podcast with Dead Poet Society. Notably do you guys know what won Best Picture over Dead Poets Society that year? Oh, Driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Yes. This, this is you a, talked about this during your big Oscar episode. Yeah, no, where I 1989 is a historically incredible movie year. Like an all fucking timer in Driving Miss Daisy won. But Driving Miss Daisy is kind of that it's of a piece with these type of Oscar bait movies. So then this kind of fits right into there, where it's these movies that are they're based on a nonfiction book, usually some kind of a memoir or something mm-hmm. like that. That is like, this is important. This is a story that needs to be told. And a lot of times they have good people behind the scenes. Penny Marshall is a good director. Like Steve Zalian. Steve Zalian. 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 Uh, like there's good people working behind the scenes in this, but it just, this feels like a homework assignment. This doesn't feel like a movie. Do you guys know what I mean by that? Like this, it oh, feels man. like a fucking homework well, assignment. I would, I'm so jealous of your take there. That's, <laughs> well, such, that's such a good take. Listen, listen to this. The movie that makes this feel like that is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, wow. Yes, that. that is a movie that takes a very similar premise of a mental hospital or at least like a disabled extended stay facility and has it and has sing yeah and has it feel vibrant and has it feel like a movie well that's be and that's also because aside from just the the everything that that movie does better because every individual piece of that movie is better yeah that's my favorite movie of all time um i mean there's a lot of similarities uh, well no the thing is though uh, premise wise it's not similar it's yeah. just setting it's, because the, the premise of one flu is just like there's no like warmth in one flu at all and it doesn't center on a doctor no exactly it's about ratchet, a guy who's ratchet is on the side she's a guy she's a villain yeah. it's like, about, this a is about a hero doctor who you spend a lot of the movie your first time watching it wondering yeah. like oh does he even belong here and or it's is he faking and, it, and like obviously critically that movie the it cleaned up every well every single mental patient in that movie is not catatonic for half of it and therefore not saying lines or having uh any personality obviously that a lot of what this movie is trying to say is the you know the um the integrity of this man to see that there's a human side in these in these right. people who haven't you know they haven't shown signs of intelligent life in years uh however that's not entertaining to watch uh, at all until he starts like fucking with them to put it colloquially. So, so the basic premise of this movie is Robin William plays Dr. Malcolm, uh, Sayer, mm-hmm. um, shout out to Harry Sayer, friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is about his dad. So we can't really talk too much shit about well, this movie. And, and, honestly, and he, Harry has the edge here in terms of, uh, Harry Sayer has the perfect name for a writer Sayer like a journalist you yeah, know what I mean he is a Sayer um, Sayer for a doctor <laughs> is like kind of he he sort of you know he speaks for the those who can't that makes sense um, yeah. so, you know like 
soothsayer maybe this also isn't the made up this is a real person this no no, no. Is a, it's not his real name though yeah they changed the name of the real guy oh, really? you I know why because i don't <laughs> what i don't he i doesn't don't, have is it like a he doesn't have that bad of a name it's not like some like crazy uh, yeah oliver Polish sacks name. honestly oliver sacks is like a you know it, it, it literally doesn't make any difference like they could have just it they could have doesn't matter they, they call him robin williams <laughs> i don't give a fuck <laughs> so so pull the plug i don't care poor oliver man <laughs> dr Sayer. big l for him he takes a job you know how a doctor just is like looking for Hi, a is job this, is this the hospital and they're like yeah this place sucks we hate it we don't care about any of these fucking people he's like looking for a job and they're like you know we could use a neurologist here like we're struggling to figure out what's wrong with all these people like let's get let's a lab up. neurologist who doesn't have work with yeah, people let's uh let's put a let's put an ad in the classifieds for <laughs> neurologists so yeah that well that's why i couldn't discern between first and second half because it really is a story of like three acts yeah. more more so because first act when he's being introduced to the hospital i was rolling my eyes the whole time it was it's because ridiculous. he runs into these cartoonishly uh apathetic doctors <laughs> like at every turn it's just doctors who are like yeah it's the fucking chronic ward man these people suck just like i like, hate it sometimes i put on purple haze to see if they'll dance to it <laughs> <laughs> and then well and then later you know robin's like but what if we put on purple haze to see if they'll dance to it and then I, they do <laughs> so, i no the honestly the whole chunk of uh, up until like him like throwing the ball at people is it's bad exactly it's really until bad. he until he starts we it, until we go into a slight montage that's what that is we get like a lengthy montage that's not going across like a lot of time but it's just it's long and it has momentum to it because before that we're getting the most generic storytelling ever well okay where so it's like I, it, it, go ahead i think the moment where this movie turns is when we are like fully introduced into robert de niro as uh, leonard Lowe. Um, and that takes way too long. Well, that's there's the, so much time before this, we get to that point. Yeah, structurally, this is why this movie. I don't. I I think that like nine times out of ten, this movie fails because of that. Because our our second lead, who is a more famous, more successful actor, nominated for best actor, not supporting. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Um, he is uh, catatonic for the first like 30 minutes that we know him and we also like don't even know him for the first 30 minutes of the movie exactly that's what I'm saying like yeah like you need to if you're gonna spend so much time with this guy like not emoting and frozen on screen you need to introduce him within the first five minutes of yeah. the movie yeah it's it's just it's a problem and i don't know how to overcome it from a writing perspective because we do need to go through this period of trial and well, tribulation there, there's the honestly, prologue there is the prologue which doesn't feature bobby d but it is his character mm -hmm. yeah it's it's him as a child uh, i think one one fix would definitely be to make it so you, so he was more recently catatonic so you could have flashbacks to bobby d acting yeah, instead of a little baby they tried to actually pay respects to the memoir itself yeah. they had that yeah i actually think that it's like robert de niro is a bad choice for this role i think that he's too famous for this role that's i the, think that if Hunter, it's, no that's the problem because i if it was just like a, a like a, it doesn't even need to be a nobody. If it was like a B or a C tier actor, if we got fucking Sean Patrick Johnson, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sean Williams. Leonard. Yeah, Sean Patrick. Sean Robert Sean Leonard. Sean. 
the guy, the main guy in Dead Poet Society. Jesus it's no. Can you tell me? Here's the thing, back to that. Here's the thing, though, Hunter. It's not. It's not even someone on that tier. It's it's someone who is known for being a character actor. Yes, because when we Daniel Day Lewis. No, not even that. But like, even if you did fucking Hoffman, it would make more sense, right? Because he's he's that tier of actor. Robert Sean Leonard. He's a like Hoffman is a mega A lister, but he's known for playing weirdos. Like he's known for playing like offbeat, like odd parts okay. that, that you wouldn't think is elite. Yes. And so if you if we cut to him catatonic in that wheelchair, it makes sense. When we cut to De Niro in the wheelchair, I'm like, okay, come no, on. well that's the thing where yeah, that's see, Robert De Niro yeah, in a wheelchair. You see, Robert, De, you see Robert, <laughs> Robert De Niro and you're like, oh, this guy's gonna go like fully to the point where he's like giving like full speeches and coherent sentences. Like it's not like I mean yeah. again, you don't the, get you don't get Dustin, De Niro to the Dustin yeah. Hoffman point. I mean, Rain Man, he literally spends the entire movie with something wrong with him. He's not giving a movie star performance at any point in that movie. It's, it's really interesting that you think something's wrong with him. I think it's actually sort of a superpower. But anyway, well, here's here's what I'll say. Here's what All I'll right, say. Tom. Here's what I'll say. I think Bob's performance is good, actually. I but damn it. But it's extremely misguided. Exactly. It does not no. fit because here's the thing is like. The way this movie's trying to get a message across about like how we view people with extreme disability and how we treat them and how medicine helps and then fails them and how we all just need to value life a little more. Exactly. Which that part sucks. That <sighs> but, sucks. Bad. But when you look at just the medicine side of it, the treatment, the clinical side of it, yeah. there is a message there that just, it doesn't land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it just doesn't work. I think that Bobby is doing something that works in a vacuum. Mm. And in the whole of the movie, it just it doesn't sit well. Yes. Okay. Like so that's it, that's that's hitting right on the point that like it just there's something it, about it. It just doesn't you watch it. It feels like, kind of, it feels wrong. You're like, this is good acting, but it I don't like it. Are we sure it's good acting or is it just a lot of acting? No. Well, OK, here's it's, no, it's, no, no, it's listen, a good a lot of acting. my my most flaming take was going to be that I think he did as good a job as he could have done. It's the bad kind of Oscar because game. name like it's just, yeah, it's what just, there's act- no good version. Yeah, of this. he's it's not like it's like his choice to like shake violently like that. He has to man. Like there's no other option with the performance. He has to act like fucking crazy. Like he he has to physically uh, act in ways that do make you uncomfortable, especially when you were very aware of who Robert De Niro is. Yeah, <laughs> like and there's no way the, to avoid that. The videos, the film that must have been captured from the real life yeah, patients. And I there was a real group of I patients. Just, like, I, I'm watching it and I'm thinking I don't know. I can't name five people who I'm like, oh, they would definitely do a better job. Like, this is a cursed role. It's, it's fucking, <laughs> it's, it's literally yeah. cursed. So man. that is, I mean, that is the problem. Like, you like, guys are probably you right. shouldn't have taken it. I, that is he should have said no. He got the Oscar. That means, off. His, only, his biggest mistake is he should have said no. I know, Oscar. I know, but it sucks. It though. worked out for him because he did get a nominee. He didn't even get a little gold man, but he got talked about that he might get it's a little just, gold man. It's uncomfortable. You're right. Thing. It's uncomfortable because we are so used to seeing him as a man with agency, like a yeah. man, a man <laughs> with full control. That to watch him doing that, you were thinking. I had to stop myself because I was like, oh, this is like that leading guy I know, like making choices yeah. but like really if you didn't know him you'd be like yeah no like it I, looks it looks like convulsions like i don't know mm-hmm. yeah you know what i mean so on 
That's the thing. There's there's like a really uncanny thing about this movie. Yes. And like that's the best way I can describe it is uncanny because like you watch it. it feel and right. The thing is like so uh, Gaia walked in while I was watching this movie and she walked in at a certain point. And she was like, oh, my God, this is going to make me cry. Like this is emotional. I was like, no. one. <laughs> yeah. Like if you, it's but it's that thing. It's like where if you catch it at a certain point, you're like, oh, my God, like yeah. this is powerful. Yeah. But then you're watching it and you're like. This just feels it feels fake. It feels dirty. It's, it's acting. It feels, it feels like it acting. feels like acting. Well, it doesn't feel like it feels a gen, it, there's nothing genuine about it's, this. It's manipulative. Yes, it's a manipulative movie. And that's uh, every movie is inherently manipulative because every movie yeah, it's has, trying to evoke. Right, emotion. If, if a movie so, doesn't make you feel anything, dude, then it fails. But Robert, like Roger Ebert gave mm-hmm. this movie four out of four. stars. Oh. and by the way, so it gave worked. Dead Poets Society only two out of four stars. Oh, so shit. bad move by Raj. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Tough look by Raj that he had. He said Awakenings twice as good of a movie as Dead Poets Society. Damn, Raj. Raj, you can't win them all. Raj found dead in a ditch. <laughs> how, do you, how do you give Awakenings a perfect score? Like he that's um, that's he got manipulated. You know what? Because Roger sometimes is a victim. He's a just sap. like he just like the Academy, just like a lot of people who cover film for a living that you can kind of get sucked in whenever there's a lot of a good script or there's a lot of a good performance and like kind of get drawn into that whole idea. Oscar bait movies get nominated every year for a fucking reason yeah. because a lot of people exactly. who watch things for a it living say that. that this is like, Oh, this is prestige. It's yeah. It, it's truly uh it's as a whole, the yeah. movie is a problem. There it, got, are, it got nominated yeah, for it, Best it Picture. It got nominated. They're like... There are performances that I would say are good. Robin Williams is doing so close to nothing in most of this Dude, movie. Okay, well, Ooh, I it's wanted, really ooh, sad to watch We're going to talk about it. He it's, is sidelined so hard. Let's, let's, let's talk about Robin right now. Okay, so one of the other reasons why I wanted to cover this movie is because this is our first real peak at subdued Robin, at, which we are going to see more of yeah, later on. And not even not even just subdued, because he's like pretty subdued. This is zero percent catatonic. Zero. Like, it's funny. He is the catatonic <laughs> one for this movie. Yeah, literally like, zero. That's that's your like scathing review. We're <laughs> published on a we bought a mic. Yeah. <laughs> which one is really catatonic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just ins- about, insulting a dead I, man's I performance. of a guy who's been dead for years. Yeah, while comparing him to disabled people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm telling you guys, this is when we're getting canceled. It's... Oh. <laughs> you can't talk about this movie without getting canceled. <laughs> I didn't... I, listen, I didn't... Uh, we're not doing the movements. Um, <laughs> it's just... It's, no, it's, we're going to bust out the visual part of this podcast next week. I think <laughs> not I th- for this one. one big reason that I think the movie's manipulative is because of the table setting that we were talking about, where we meet Robin and it's like, hi, I am good man, doctor. I'm a good human. And then he meets all these doctors who are like, hi, I'm a bad guy. I yeah. don't care about these people. One of them is Bradley Whitford. Yeah. Who has no lines. He, yeah. He's just like, <laughs> he looks like a dick. <laughs> Also, and he did does. You, did you guys catch that Vin Diesel is in this yeah, movie? Yeah, he is. His hair. Yeah, he I is. I missed him. I missed him completely because he is hair. I, so I saw what? it beforehand, before the movie started. I'm going to pull he up a picture right now. Just look up hair. Awakenings Vin Diesel and you will see a picture of him. Is, what is he? Is he kind of talking? No, no, no. no, no. He's, he's one of the doctors. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> Wait. 
<laughs> yeah. He has a full head I, of hair. He's completely unrecognizable. This is not even about that. This doesn't look like him. I know. That is not I, his face. I looked it up before the movie. Like, I saw before the movie started. I was like, Yo, what the fuck? Vin Diesel's in this movie? And if then you look up he's this, in one scene. I don't think he has a line, no, does he? Doesn't. He, he doesn't. doesn't he doesn't even have it's a line. Same with, with Bradley. Um, they yeah. They just don't have lines. This no. is absolutely fucked. This, <laughs> this movie's cursed. So, I, I, we're, we're done. The episode's on, over. On a note that's um, not as insane of a thing as Vin Diesel being in this I'm gonna movie. I'm going to throw up. Um, also, Vin Diesel. the we fucking have, king, Max, Max von Sydow, is in this movie. With one scene. For yeah. one fucking scene. And it's it's a good scene. Yeah, it's incredible because he's like one of the greatest Shakespearean actors ever born. But like, why are we just putting that guy in one scene? Make him just like the ward of this place and have him be in like four scenes with Robin at least. So... Um, the, the point I was getting to is that once the first act happens, I'm like, I hate this movie <laughs> and there, it's really hard for the movie to come back from that because it does get better than the very beginning. Yeah, the, it gets the way middle better. chunk is good. Yeah, it is. When he starts experimenting, that's all good. Um, when these people have their I know. awakening and well, they're running around. The reason why that's good is because that's when we reach unpredictability. Because before that point, with, with how paint by numbers the movie is set up, you're like, oh, I bet this guy is going to help these yeah. catatonic people like come to life. It becomes one flu for like 15 minutes. <laughs> the scene where they're like dancing around Literally. in the ward and everything. Yeah, and they, yeah, they get to go like clubbing. <laughs> yeah. And like... <laughs> And get, you know, like the, the one lady's like trying to fuck Robin. Yeah. And that, the other lady's like, the, she's like, is alcohol legal? It's, and they're like, yeah, it's been legal. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> well, the scene. It's that, 1924. The amount of meat in that idea is so much more than yeah. the amount of time Why? spent on no. that idea. Okay, man. so that yes. was driving me we get insane. Like, we get like two or three scenes where we're, re, where, where the awakenings are happening. Like, we want to watch the awakenings. We don't want to watch the before. Yeah. Or the, like, and Robin seems sad. I want to see like just all of them like come to the realization like, oh my God, 30 years of my life is gone. That's so much more of an interesting idea to me. Like we, instead of getting that, we get Robert De Niro looking in a mirror and just being like surprised, like, oh man, this yeah. is me now. And then he uh, starts dating an adult woman when he has the brain um, of a child. So I, I thought about <laughs> uh, making a, doing a bit here as we started this podcast, but of course, Penny Marshall made this also notably made big about a uh, like uh -oh. Uh -oh. boy taking over an adult body and, and, and getting some and getting some with an adult woman. Penny, what's going on? <laughs> Come on. You want to talk about it? What, what, what's, what, what are we doing here? Penny? What, what are you going through, Penny? <laughs> like you, we need to interrogate this. This is I think that there are two movies in a row that she made that have this. That's weird. That's yeah, a no, great catch. That's yeah. um. That's Penny, we gotta, we just, we gotta call it out it a little bit there. So, um, the thing is, what's going on? Is, uh, the yeah. thing is that, like, you, you buy her being initially into him because when, when, once he becomes like, he, he, he doesn't have uh, any physical symptoms anymore. He's just sort of like slower. Um, you know, when they're in line to get food, and he's wearing a suit, and he looks like Robert De Niro. He looks great. So you buy like a woman being into him. They can't start dating. In this movie, they cannot. Like, yeah. I refuse to let them start thank dating God. in this fucking. Thank we, God, especially, that did not happen. Well, it kind of does. Like, it it's pretty 
hinted at that like I, I would imagine there's like a deleted scene or at least a chunk of the script that got cut out very yeah. rightfully so because if there's a, he if there breaks was a, up with her yeah if there was a kissing you know? scene then that would have made this movie like I think borderline unwatchable That's like well, I think that that would just be unforgivable if hold something like second. that happened let's calm down for a minute <laughs> the dancing got to me no, that was great. That was a, I, that was a tender I, scene. I got a little choked when, when, yeah, up when, when they were when dancing. He, when a his symptoms bit. go away for probably the last time. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. Like that really. That's what I'm saying though. This movie has a lot of effective moments. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good movie. Yes, and that sucks to me. I hate movies like that um, because that means that's like people knew what they were doing and they just couldn't make it all mesh. Yeah. And it's what so happened. It's so frustrating. Well, you have great pieces because on the board th- and they don't fit. I think a ton of it is just script problems. Like I'll props to Steve. I, and I, like I said, I don't know how to fully fix it just because of like the timeline of how this has to work. These people have to be catatonic. He can't solve the problem in the first 10 minutes. That'd be in, you know, there's no, uh, there's no earned payoff there. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I guess like, I guess we should care that these people are catatonic, even though we've never seen them catatonic. So we have to see them catatonic for a while, but then we're so far into the movie when anything happens that it's it's just a lost cause at that point. It's I don't really know where the middle I, ground is here. I, well, okay, so I want to ask you guys because I was thinking about this. Uh, Penny Marshall is like she's a good director, aside from maybe having a weird couple things in a few movies that she was working through. R.I.P. Penny Marshall. Um, yeah, twenty eighteen. I saw yeah, that. Um, um, but she, I mean, look at some of her biggest, most notable League films of their that own. she made. Big League of Their Own Awakenings. I think that where those movies exceed is kind of whenever they reach a level of like fantastical. Right. And I think that maybe this movie would have just been better if it wasn't trying to pay so much respect to the memoir that it was based no, it on. Have I think that from it should have taken a few more liberties. Not taking liberties in the way of Robert De Niro having like a whole ass functioning girlfriend and everything because more of an ensemble uh, piece, maybe. Don't get that. Here's no, but just focus like on the other patients. Yeah, and I, I want think, things I want to kind yeah. of straddle with that again that idea of like what is it like to like actually be basically asleep for decades of your life well that's yeah that's what's like endlessly fascinating is what is that experience and we don't really get into that very much at all um and i also i don't know how to do that cinematically because it would have to be these people talking about yeah without a collection of well let's let's think let's think about roger eber again for a second because i think that i think that there's a whole generation of people who looked at this movie and just saw Robert De Niro's performance and said, this is an incredible movie. Just because Bobby was brave enough <laughs> to so portray a disabled man on cinema uh, the way that he did. That enough gets it to that place where it's like incredible film. So that's the type of thing whenever I say this isn't a great performance, this is a lot of a performance because... I, I think that there is actually some greatness to what he's doing, but it's dude, it's just like the showiest performance in the world. Like I this is like what you fucking get nominated for is that they can show the scene of you just like fucking like spazzing out as you're walking across a room because you're reverting back to your old self. Like that's but what they want to show every fucking well, February night. That's the thing. It's showy in the choices that like were made not by him almost like that. You know, those sh- scenes and shots were predetermined and he had yes. to act in them. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I ended up like I ended up writing down like I'm really shocked that 
Robert De Niro isn't upsetting me like the way he should be because he wasn't the movie was he, yes exactly like he, yes. he I don't know how else you could do it and it's it's also it's not his fault it's also it's very around it's also really really hard different movie <laughs> it's also hard as hell to do what he did because he has to manage the physical side of the performance while also delivering like legible lines and in a lot of scenes the way that he does it i found incredible because i was like i i I don't know how i would strike that balance between like losing full control of my faculties yeah and still being able to carry an emotional through line of a scene exactly it doesn't always work because the scenes don't always work that's that's why i said earlier his performance is good actually because it's not on him that it fails what he's doing works yeah like i thought he doesn't get it all the way across the finish line he the biggest mistake he made was saying yes yeah Mm -hmm. so i actually think the more and more that we're talking about i think that it's it's kind of palpable the lack of robin williams that we've talked about here yeah and i think that that is he's kind of dead in the water well the thing is i think that that actually i think that Robin Williams' performance actually makes the De Niro performance worse in my mind because think about a why movie is, why again is he doing so little. Well, exactly, yeah. and think I'm, about Rain think Man. About right? Ra- exactly, that's yeah. exactly what I was just going to say. They're both is doing a lot Rain in Rain Man, Man so it is, doesn't feel like like anyone's like overshadowing. Tom it. Cruise, I think, is better than fucking Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. I think honestly, I think that Rain Man might be Tom Cruise's best performance. Yeah, Cruise I think he's is fucking playing it. It perfect at being the straight man in that kind of way. And he has that whole like manic side to him in that performance where he's like, oh, like you're crazy. But like, I want to drive the crazy out of you because I can see yeah. like myself, like I can see and a profit for myself in there. But because this is a memoir, it's not <laughs> written by a third party. This is written by the guy who's the fucking doctor. He's not going to make himself look negative in any light whatsoever. And because of not making himself negative in any way, he's trying to be like just wholly good in everything yeah. it's, and it's just it's, boring dude, it's fucking boring no man. i i agree like i and i don't think uh, yet again i don't know if there's a lot more that robin could do i think there is some more that he could do because a lot of scenes he is like flatlined like he is just dead in the water and i'm not feeling him as a human and that's rare for robin robin has the most it's human- like a pills performance well, it's like robin. it's he's, not a, we talked about coke well, he's trying to zag yeah, it, well, i know he's zag. he's trying to tone it down but i think he it's like it's like a quarterback who has a really great arm like they they have crazy arm strength but that doesn't mean they can throw it accurately far it, they can just throw it far yeah like, it's a drew lock he, performance he has crazy range but he hadn't yet had this part of his range exercised yet so but like, it's his it's his first step. i know so like no exactly so he's trying here but i think he's he's doing less than he should and i think that the script is asking for that but I think someone with more experience with these roles would have done a little more. Well, I, I think I that, really think so. I think that that's why it's important for us to cover it in this series, mm-hmm. because we're going to see so much subdued Robin later on that it's important to see the first step in that direction, which for some reason doesn't click. He like, went too far. That's he, all. Exactly. He, he just went too far he into needs nothing. to overcorrect. Yeah, he was learning how he was like, I'm going to be the facilitator here. I'm going to be selfless. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let everyone else take the spotlight. Yeah. But he is on camera more than anyone else in the movie. Yes. Yeah, so at and that we're, certain getting, point, we're getting a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. 
And it's and yet like I said, it crushes the this, entire. The thing. script is also giving us not much yeah. out of that character. Like he is boring as shit. At the end of the movie, the grand lesson he learns is to ask a girl out for a coffee. <laughs> like that sucks so bad. Well, I did want to say about the end though, there is a moment at the end where they're watching through watching all the of film of the film, De Niro. Yeah. Yeah, and they they have this beat where it's like they were friends. Mm-hmm. That you guys are friends, and it's like in my heart, I'm like, I wish this landed. Like, I yeah, want I wish this. It, I want this to land honestly, so bad because it, it really should. The setup is there for that, yeah, right? Like, so, I want it to. Work. I think that even like just. God, I don't want to rail on our guy Steve here too much, but like that is a moment where like. I want a fucking good ass monologue delivered from Robin Williams in that scene. Like, yeah, what's I want going talk, on? They talk about this whole idea of like the power of like giving life and taking it away, like you are a god or and something the, like that. The and lady then they gets that just, line. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Marge Simpson. Uh, fucking. I think she does well too because she, her voice cracks when she says it, which is like a sign of life. That's like the line and of the movie. It, here's here's my. Why work. didn't we get more from that character? Here's my working theory. Um, with in regards to Robin, because even in this scene, he's under he's under doing it a little bit, and like a lot of it's it's with intent and it's with tact, but I still think it's not the right move, especially if you're gonna have a performance like this. Give one scene where you're really giving it. Give yeah, this is the, this is the, the scene to scene. break Robin. This is the scene to give us go for his it. scene yeah. is like he's his being emotional is him just like silently dabbing his yeah, eyes. He doesn't even really cry. Like, and the issue is. I would bet money that what happened is Robin, obviously he's making his way as a serious, good ass actor, right? What, what do you think the odds are? He, I could just Google it right now. He met the actual doctor who is like, obviously mm-hmm. around wrote the memoir and he tried to be true to him. And this doctor is a doctor and doctors are boring. Doctors aren't interesting people because all they do is work. So he, he instead of, uh, you know, giving a performance like good morning Vietnam. Uh, that's what I was literally just trying to uh, double check. Yeah. I mean like Barry Levinson, very, very notably did not let him did not let those two the, people. Yeah. Meet. The, the radio host that is a, based on because he knew that Robin was capable of being more interesting than that man because Robin is interesting. Like that is the fucking problem here is it feels like Robin by some unseen force is being forced to be fully uninteresting. And that sucks, man. It's because you, for half of the movie, he's acting against literally catatonic human beings who don't speak. So, like, who's bringing this the juice in those scenes? We don't get it from any direction, man. Like, it's 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 upsetting. I don't know. It is. No, I mean, it's just, you know, there's something about this movie that, like, irks me because even like overall, if I'm looking at this from like a 10,000 foot view of this movie i'm like objectively that's a good movie i'll give it three stars on letterbox and i will never fucking think about this movie again for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and it's interesting that we're talking about this movie i know this isn't coming out exactly in order because we're going to be covering dune and some other things but i it's interesting that we're talking about this movie as a trio between good morning uh vietnam and then Dead Poet Society, and then this film, because it really is like Robin 
dipping the toes into dramatic I'm a capital A actor and to this is the point where he's like he goes too far he mm-hmm. goes too far into the deep end and he isn't ready for it yet mm-hmm. and there's other subdued performances where it he can pull it off and he can work it works but like this is just maybe it's just a lack of reps like sometimes like you That's don't want saying, you don't want Sadiq Bay putting up 25 shots on your team I know, like, we'll, it's just not gonna well, go well for was, you okay go ahead I will say I think I might go a little lower than three stars. I think I might go two and a half. Because yeah, okay. That's, yeah. I mean, no, but I, that's what I mean, where it's just like objectively, I can look at it and be like, this was well made. There was performances. Because here. I, I you know. am so torn on it that I'm like almost on opposite sides. Just of throw the your hands up in the air and just, it's two and, and a half like, right in the middle. Because like part of me is like, I feel the weight of this movie and how important it is to tell a story like this about this kind of subject matter that we don't really see too much about and having these A-list actors like carry this story through and somebody like De Niro, like really delivering this fucking performance about this real uh, disease that struck real people. Like the weight of that, like I feel it. And then on the other side, it's just like, it just doesn't fucking work well, at all. Here's here's the other issue is this movie is obsessed with that weight of it all. And what they don't understand about Oscar movies, about something like One Flew or Rain Man, um, is that they allow themselves to have fun for like a yes. good fucking chunk of the movie, despite being about something more serious. Exactly. Um, this scene, this movie has maybe like two scenes that are fun. And the rest of it is just a absolute bummer. It and a forgets slog. to be a movie. Yeah, man. And I know, I know that there are movies that like want to be serious and have this like message driven thing that like, you know, makes you think and ponder and like sit with it. And there's a value to cinema being uncomfortable and like, in, you know, taxing and like, um, to some way uh, challenging, mm-hmm. but that's not this movie. No, because like we like we're saying, like the first chunk of this is just awful. Robin Williams is like borderline brain dead, uh, performance wise. And when once like these people wake up and we're meeting them, that's fun as hell. And like we're like, okay, let's let's give me some of this. Like it's okay. We're not making fun of them. Yeah. It's just it's okay to like. It's almost like some weird version of like wish fulfillment. It's like. What if you woke up and yeah. you could you could just do whatever you wanted for the first time in fucking decades? And I'm and I'm I'm telling you, Bobby rocks it mm-hmm. when he is in full Bobby mode in the middle chunk of this movie. It rules, man. So I, I was trying to find it over here and I found who it was. Um, there's an excerpt that uh, is on the Wikipedia you can find. And I like the line that uh this writer used struck me so i read through his whole review and he was more positive much more positive than i was this is uh owen gleberman of entertainment weekly who praised the film overall but something he said about it is how i feel but i just feel it in a different way than him where he's talking about awakenings um and talking about comparing it to rain man directly he said Yet Awakenings, unlike the superior Rain Man, isn't really built around the quirkiness of its lead character. The movie views Leonard piously. It turns him into an icon of feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's viewed in a positive light in this review. But that's 
My problem with this movie is that Leonard isn't a character. He is a feeling. He's an idea. He's an idea. Exactly. This yeah. isn't a person. He is, he's we don't meant, spend enough he's like, time. He's like Jesus. He's meant just to send a message. Exactly. Yeah. And to, that's and I get why some people were drawn to that, but I didn't know that like blows. that. That, I, that did that not work blows for me hard. Uh, and it and it the insistence on that takes away from a lot of other interesting characters because it's not just the like many people who are experiencing awakenings which are very interesting um because like watching this movie i was just looking for sources of life like i was like okay where could we instead be because right here is not good the nursing staff the yeah. nur- the fucking nursing staff man think about it we get so Vin many diesel we get Bradley so Whitford. we get so many scenes of him squabbling with these shitty ass like higher ups at the hospital we don't fucking need it that doesn't need to be the source of conflict the conflict is that they're vegetables yeah. like yeah. we don't need him to be fighting against the hospital yeah that and this this nursing staff is really interesting because they get into yeah. it like they're fascinated the main guy what's this yeah, guy's this, name this dude he you know he uh he takes the initiative to like find the music that these, that's i love that, that the, guy yeah that guy's fucking he great. finds the music that like causes physical reactions in these the catatonic guy? patients yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's then, the guy who's just like actually who's also doing neurological research he, but bro, doesn't get fucking credit he's for it doing at all. science man <laughs> like he is doing important shit in this movie he or like but it's in the 1950s so he's yeah, not gonna get credit or for like him. when they all it's wake up man. and and uh they're on their little field trip and robin takes them to a fucking like little nature area and he's like hey why did you fucking take them here this sucks like and they, then he's the reason they go to the Keith club diamond why don't we see that man Keith like diamond that guy's so good that man I is a human guy. being in this movie he should have been I, one of the main characters so he should have been one of the main characters honestly i think we should have spent a lot more time with lucy alice drummond mm-hmm. she's so good mm-hmm. and unfortunately she just passed away a few years ago in 2016 well that's what i'm saying she's, if she gets the key line at the end of the movie why don't we set her up as a more pivotal she's, character like I loved her performance. I thought that's that is the first person that we see as soon as we enter the ward. We don't jump to yeah. Bobby De Niro right away. We go and we see we see Lucy. Bobby, no, Bobby is the guy who's always like in the corner, and you're always looking like you're that's like, Robert oh, De Niro. Oh wait, 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 wait. You're okay. I'm not talking about that. Is that. film actor Robert? No, I'm you're talking, talking about, about the other patient. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that older lady. She's incredible. She's so good. She's like, so so good. There, there is. I know, I've only ever seen her in like um. Uh, I know she's in Ace Ventura. She's like is the librarian in Ghostbusters. Like she's just not really in a ton of stuff, but it's she's just so good in this. If yeah, if I'm fixing this movie, first of all, the way to to make more time generally is we enter this movie. Uh, Robin already has the job at this dick ass hospital. He's maybe like having an argument yeah. with. Do, uh, do we still because we have to keep the scene in which he chases the chemist into the bathroom and talks so much at the year. Yeah, or what that about that's a great. That was what about scene. what about the four scenes where we get we just just so, so we know he's boring. We get to see him go home and be boring. <laughs> I, thank you. Yeah, Why? I don't I'm, care. I know he's I, boring. He well, sucks. The thing is, we wouldn't know if he's boring all the time unless we had multiple scenes. I know they just keep showing us. No, no, we need to see him eating a. <laughs> My a TV dinner. Did they even have TV dinners oh, in in this? Yeah, this was yeah, 69, yeah. 69, 69. Yeah, sixty nine. 
it, it's yeah, just by it's, himself. It's th- this movie just doesn't know that it it can get Oscars while still having a little fun. Like it really has no clue. I think I think Penny also didn't have a lot of reps in this field, much like Robin, and she was really trying to you know she was trying to make that hard fucking turn. Yeah, and it, you don't have to do that, man. Movies captivate I mean, people when they're entertaining. You're allowed is, to make it entertaining. Yeah, take exactly. liberties. Take liberties and have fun. That's the point. That's the main fuck, point. Man, I was going insane watching this because there's there's plenty going on here and I know everyone could do better. Yet, guess what? We're sitting at a budget at 29 mil and it made 52. I think I think the main point here that you're kind of circling is like when you set out to make a movie, you can either do a hardcore uh challenging piece of art that's like tough to sit through but like hits you in the gut or you can have it be entertaining and a fun watch. If you don't do either of those, you kind of end up with you nothing. Didn't, I also, you didn't do anything. So here's the thing. I hard disagree with you that it has to be one or the other because guess what? There's a little movie called Dead Poet Society that we just covered that for one cost half the budget that and made both. five times the money. That's a movie that does both. Exactly. There is a movie there. You can do both. You don't have to choose between I'm either going to be pretentious and like this is about Oscars. This is important. And also it's not entertaining or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Like and, I, cause I would have watched like a really like unflinching look at like crippling disability and yeah. like you could get just, something out of that. Either. You could get art out of that, but this isn't that either. Yeah. It's dramatic. It's melodramatic. It's fake. It's, it's emotion based when there's objectively more important things happening around Des- the emotions. Despite that, I will say I did like just seeing Robin and Bob on screen together. They, I mean, yeah, they have moments where, where, where they, they don't both peeking when they get to talk yeah. as, as people, it's fine. We don't get, we're not going to get to see that again. Like there, there is literally no other movie that these two actors yeah. are on screen and together. Guess what? I wanted more of them as like, almost like buddy, buddy, like, like maybe, De Niro is helping Robin realize like how to best treat everyone else who's like they're behind him in the when they get process. ice cream. Yeah, they're behind him. So, yeah, maybe we get a few scenes where like De Niro is like advising Robin. He's like, oh, here's what we got to do. Like, every, you know, everyone's going to want to do this. Like this. is, You know what I mean? Like, that's where the fun's at. That's where the meat of the movie's at. And it, there's no meat. It's a bread sandwich. They actually have another movie. It's a together. wish sandwich, if you will, because you wish they, you had a bear sandwich. <laughs> They actually do have another movie together. Oh. Um, it's called The Big Wedding. It sounds we like so. Uh, later on. It, it's like 1999, right? It's that point when both of them have kind of like... 2013. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. Yeah, it's in the 2000s. Yeah. yeah, so it's at a point where both of them have just like stopped trying to act. And there's like, hi, I would like to buy another house, will please. We, will we cover this for your wedding, Hunter? Yeah, The, the Big, big wedding. wedding. Actually, we're going to be playing this at my wedding. <laughs> The NZ is actually paying us to play this movie during it does, our wedding. It does have friend of the pod, Topher Grace, in it. Also, uh, this is kind of a stack wait, cast. Wait, coming off of The Great Gatsby, Topher Grace <laughs> is in this movie? Uh, Catherine Heigl is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently top build. Uh, Diane Keaton, Susan Sarandon. Susan, Susan fucking Sarandon, guys. Susan Sarandon. Listen, I don't want to I don't, don't want to get horny on me. Susan Sarandon should have been in the bracket. Next bracket, she Susan Sarandon's going in. Amanda Seyfried. Right Susan Sarandon could she could oh she could God. get it. Guys, um, Robin Williams plays the 
the priest at the big wedding <laughs> in the big wedding. Poor guy. Am I gonna? Am I about to add this to the docket? <laughs> you may as well just. What was that. what was the gotta, one I, I added? Throw it on there. What was I mean, the one I, I added before the um? Oh my god, the one I added last time that I found the Ben Stiller one. Come on, I'm pulling it up. I do also just want to say that I did uh, accidentally mix up Topher Grace and Tobey Maguire. No, I know. I didn't <laughs> so, want to say it, Hunter. So, it's okay. You know, Spider-Man 3, you know, we just, you know, I just had Spidey 3 on the mind. Been, I've been thinking about Raimi, mm. as I often am. Any uh, any final thoughts on Awakenings before we get to the it's categories? Just, it's one of those movies that is I like talking about because I objectively know 10 ways that I could have made this better. Not, I don't know that I would have been able to actually like plan, follow through and execute execute with it, but I know exactly how this movie could have been better. Um, So it's, it's really frustrating to watch because there are moments of true greatness in the acting, in the directing, even Um, not always in the script, not often, but it, it just didn't, happen man it just didn't happen and it's not like the middling cage movies we discussed because right. i really think with those movies there's not much there there city of angels i don't think i don't think you could say well city i don't th- i don't think that there are obvious Making. tweaks to make that great there's i not. think that you could make this i don't know about great i don't know if this movie ever could have been great it would have needed a massive massive overhaul to make it, it would great. take a lot um but but like i could you I, could make this like good yeah. you could make this be like you know what I get the love. I get the praise for this movie. You you could sell me on this movie if you know what I mean. Like it's not a lost cause in terms of premise. It just man, they fucked it up. And like I said earlier, like there was points in this movie where I was like, man, they like don't like Oscar bait's different now. Like yeah. I do kind of miss this type of Oscar bait. It's just so misguided. It is misguided's an incredible term for it. Yeah. It's misguided. It just. I mean, it just it just doesn't feel like a movie. It just it feels like work. That, that um, sucks. That other movie I added to the docket from last pod, Father's Day, nineteen ninety seven, starring Robin Williams and um, oh my god, I already forgot his ben name. Ben Stiller. No, it's not Ben Stiller. It's uh, Billy Crystal. Stop Billy adding. Cri- these, Billy Crystal. Stop adding movies to the docket. No, you, we're going to be. We all said Robin. we wanted to do it, so we're going to do it. Father's Day, I want to do just because I. I mean, we talk about recasting Robin Williams. Billy Crystal is the main guy in this. Um, I won't. I won't. Not add the for big, this shit. I won't add the big wedding. We we don't have to watch the big. Okay, wedding. I was going to say this is a slippery slope. <laughs> I we will had the big add- wedding. There, there's nothing we wouldn't add. <laughs> I will add Father's Day though because okay. it. Does look epic. Let's let's get into the cage gories. Okay. First cage gory <laughs> category. No, I just call them. It doesn't matter. It's just uh, best Robinism. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is. One. Is this? Yeah, I think that this is a vacant. There's just nobody wins the title. This year. <laughs> there is no Robinism. I, is there a point where he makes like a silly he, face? He actively <laughs> avoids any chance at a Robinism in this movie. Uh, I don't know what his. It, Oh, I got one. I got one. I got one. <laughs> when he's wiping his glasses and he has like five different pairs of glasses. That was funny. It's like, man, this guy is so I, fucking boring. No, I. Uh, so here's one. It's uh, it's not even Robinism. It's when he <laughs> looks out the window. It's like 
10 p.m. at night and is just like, oh, wait, there goes Marge Simpson walking away and he throws his lab coat and it lands neatly on the chair. Nice. And she's like, can we just sick. I, can, can you can, can, I got, can, no. we, can, 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 can we can we can we go out for a nice cup of coffee? I literally um, and I'm I, like, why? I, was, I wrote down a note, which is why do people in old movies always want to go out for coffee at like 10 p.m.? Like, just say you want to go he, well, sex he was, he was or like, go out to dinner he was or something. Like, I think he said, like, you know, sometime. And she was like, yeah, I guess. Um, I was watching that the end of the movie with Friends of the Pod, uh, Nate and Dav. And literally, like, when he ran up to her, I, I jokingly, I said the line from They Came Together where it's like, do you want to get a cup of mafia with key? <laughs> uh, coffee with me. And then he literally does that. <laughs> He literally yeah. fucking did that. And after a movie, <laughs> where so, the heaviest shit on earth happens. And his his big takeaway is, I should go get some pussy. Dude, it, it, is, uh, it is like more, it is morbid how this movie ends. How like yeah, this movie's people, getting two stars now. It's moving down more and more these, than we talk about it. These people, <laughs> I don't know why people like it. I'm going to, I don't know. I don't know the reviews I'm seeing. I don't know where they're coming from. Because it's a true story and it's a, and it's a, actor it's, it's acting and it's important i just i just people but, just hey look, you know what else is important a book just go fucking read a book and the, don't make this a movie the the idea of these people like i know that this is what actually happened but the idea of like ending your movie on like these people had a chance to like live and now they're gonna regress to be the way they were at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. That is more. No, it's flowers for Algernon, man. It's fucked. It's, it's like the tragedy of tragedies. It's so sad. But um, the movie, it doesn't, it doesn't sit in that. No, it, it just, it like, goes straight to the moral uh, victory. It goes straight to the like, yeah, but you know what? I think all the, the uh, abled people learn something really valuable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, honestly, you're dead right. It's uh, it's kind of fucked. It's like, kind of a fucked this movie, movie blows. That I, that's a shit way to end the movie. It's so it's, so bad, and whew, I, yeah. like I'm, they got to get a cup of coffee. And yet again, I'm sure that like a lot of that's based in the book because I'm sure that that doctor learned an incredibly valuable yeah. lesson about life, and that's that's valid, like obviously. But that's not how the movie can end, man. I'm sorry, we that's just not, watched all these people become the vegetables again. We're um, really upset about it. Two, I'm not going to be happy for you guys. Two things. One, it's still blowing my mind that they fucking said Oliver Sacks not a good enough name. We're going to change your name to fucking Malcolm Sayer. Malcolm Sayer. Um, so whenever the movie ends, it's like Malcolm Sayer is still an acting doctor in the Bronx today. It's like, well, that actually is not because that person doesn't fucking exist. Um, yeah. Why didn't they say Oliver? Yeah. Why? At least just fix it for the end credits for that poor guy. Next category is best moment. I have a really clear option for this one. Let me know if if you guys have a better one. I really think that the best moment in this movie, I know I shouted out like the little dancing moment at the end made me tear up, but handedly i think the best moment in this movie is when bobby tries to go outside Mm. and he's dragged back inside by the security Uh, i think that that is the moment where like this movie what it's the message that is trying to get across actually lands and actually works fully that moment even that shot where it's just a shot of the doors 
just and then man yeah and you just know you know he's not gonna make it out exactly you just know that like all all this guy wants and everything every beat leading up to that where he's like meeting with the staff trying to get them to allow him this chance to just literally go on a walk and then he's like no i'm gonna do it i'm an able-bodied person i'm gonna do it and then he's dragged back inside the hospital i think that's the moment of the movie um Interesting. I'd say maybe that the dancing is up there for me. That, yeah, that I mean, that's the tearjerker. In, like in a vacuum, that is unbelievably effective. Yeah. It's just like because of the rest of the movie, it didn't affect me how it should have. I my see my favorite scene. It's either it's a toss up between either whenever uh, Bobby first gains consciousness. I was gonna say that's 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 up there that's, as well. I mean, also because you're seeing both of the two of them on screen together. They're together the when he meets people. his mom. Yes, we when haven't he sees mentioned his mom that for the first time. Actress, um, I think she's awesome in this. Oh movie. yeah, no, she's she's fantastic, yeah, and it's it's all, like that is really effective as well. Yeah, he he gains consciousness. He's not like he's not acting the fuck out of it because he, you know he's still pretty uh, lulled. He's pretty you know sedated. Yeah, Ruth Nelson, Mrs. Um, Lowe, Mrs. Lowe, Lowe, Peter Lowe. Lowe. Are they re- are they related? Shoe, shoe, Philly's um, not that far from. Um, the Bronx. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, that, no, that all works. You're right. I, I like that. I like that sequence. And I really like, we mentioned it earlier, but whenever they actually, it, Bobby isn't in it, but it's Robin Williams taking the patients out to the club and everything. And that one patient trying to fuck Robin yeah, Williams, that, just trying to dance with Robbie um, and he that, would not do it. That's a concept that I think rules. And I think would uh make for a great funny movie is all these people are coming out of not b- getting to fuck for like 30 years well, and they're all just crazy that's, that's, that's I mean, the thing about hey, one that's flu. literally one flew over the cuckoo's nest is that there's a whole premise in which you're just fucking jack nicholson's trying to get his dick wet on a boat and everybody else just wants to watch um, that's why I couldn't. I literally could not stop thinking about One Flew watching this movie. I know, it's like not literally every scene, I was like, "This was I, already done better." So, just kind of before we go to the next um, category here, I did want to ask you guys, like, from an ethical and a moral stance, because here's the thing: um, this could not happen today because, like, legally, there's way, way, way too much legal hoops that you would have to jump through in 2020 to actually get this through think about how fucking difficult it is to get people to get fucking vaccinated much less to take an experimental drug to determine if it'll get you out of your uh encephalitis like morally where do you guys stand on this from like an ethical because this is actually i was doing a little bit of research and this is kind of like a lot of like doctors at the time like wholly disagreed with this that this was like a very like unethical thing well, to the, do. Well, the mom has that line where she's like he's losing. That's the very end of yeah. her arc where she basically Robin is trying to tell her like he's fighting even though you 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 get the sense that like okay, so we get all these beats in the movie where like Robin is like upping his dosage of the experimental drug. And it gets to the point where, like, they're basically maxing out on it. And then the awakening happens. And so what that starts to the effect that this starts to have is, like, he becomes essentially, um, I guess, desensitized to the effects of the drug. So it starts to wane off. And so it just causes this natural, like, downturn of the 
positive impact of the drug on him. So he starts to devolve in his progress of not, you know, having his disability anymore. And then it's just it's there's this regression that happens where the uh, comment the mom has is like he's losing. Right. So in that sense, I do think that, like, if you were to have the knowledge of the fact that, like, this isn't this doesn't really work like it kind of works, but not really. I do think that there is like an ethics question Mm -hmm. there. But on the other hand, like you didn't really they didn't know that it was that that was the effect that it was going to have. Yeah, it was I mean, it's going purely, to wane off. It's kind of it, it's tough because would you it's would human you experiments? It? Yeah, like it's would true. You, it's just human experimentation without any kind of testing on animals. Or would you want like that, that done to you? Yeah, I honestly, I would to feel alive for like two weeks. If I. I'm just going to tell you guys right now, if I'm like paralyzed, like just kill fucking me. kill me. Yes, just, abso- I 100 percent feel the same. Literally do not let me live in a hospital paralyzed for 25 okay. years. Me and if, my- you ever, if you're ever like paralyzed from the waist down, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> if you are like ever like break a collarbone, I'm going to fucking yeah, come to your house and kill if you. If your you're like leg falls asleep, I'm going to fucking <laughs> I'm going to unload on you. I'm going to bring the fucking go- strap Ernest, on you. Do you ever fall asleep? And yeah. like you aren't moving for like 10 minutes straight. I'm going to kill yeah, you. I don't know. Ethically, it's tough. Like, would you would you wake you them know, up? Would you not? I like kind of vaguely remember this. And I don't remember a ton about this because I took this freshman year of college. And I don't remember a lot about that period of my life for one reason or another. Um, but I like vaguely remember discussing this in a medical ethics class that I took. Like this exact situation. Mm. And what did you think? What did what did you, you know? left in the middle of Here's the, the thing. I don't remember. I probably like there was something about like Jim Pool roll some in there and I yeah, just you had to who's leave. to say you what had, what happened? You had a soilent meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two POs. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I might have just not shown up to give my answer on what my yeah. stance was in the medical dilemma, but <laughs> that's that's I, fair. I think that I And now you're a neurologist I, at a in, <laughs> in like an actual like a non meme way, I think that I come down that like yes, I would like this opportunity even if it's fleeting like it's still a moment at life i would probably come alive and as soon as i started reverting i'd be like fucking kill me don't send me back to that place where i was before yeah but, that's the thing is like it's probably way more more it's probably like you want to yeah. off yourself but what yeah if, well it's just what like if, i'm alive enough now like i can't go back to like being like the um encephalitis lethargica is the actual name of the disease that this is based on and it's called sleeping sickness because it's basically like you are fully conscious to an extent, but you have like it's it's almost like a stroke, but you still have like for the most part full brain functionality. But there's there's a moment Just stunted brain functionality, but there's a moment when Bobby at the end says that like when he starts regressing and he starts freezing, like he feels like he's dead. Like he just um, like doesn't feel anything. Yeah. It's all gone. I, I don't know that we what we could have done in the movies maybe explore that a little more. <laughs> Um, yeah, see, this is much more of an cool. interesting conversation than I ever found any point in the movie. Yeah, and that's um, the problem. Yeah, that's a, that's a fucking bummer, man. Um, uh, I want to talk about well, recaging is really interesting. Well, hold uh, on. Let's put him as Bobby. We'll skip it. We're skipping a couple. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Good Robin or bad Robin? Bad. bad. The worst. I think I like I said, I think most of it's on the script, but I think that he could have done better like him himself. He could have done a better job. I think job. this is our first bad Robin just straight out of the gate. He, yeah, he, should, he should have done more. There were some if, if we could adjust, decisions on some Robins before. Yeah. But this is a wholly bad. We, we need to adjust the levels a bit. We need more from Robin and a little less yeah. from Bobby, because the thing is, even if he is being medically accurate, you just don't do that, man. Just do less. Yeah. It, the less you do, the less the well, less chance you have of being cartoonish yeah. and offensive. You know what I mean? Like, even if like that's the level of spasms that one would have, y- he could have done fucking less. And it, I think it would have been well, a little better. One yeah. thing I haven't mentioned yet is that we have to acknowledge that we're watching this movie in a post-tropic thunder world <laughs> and everything is different in a post-tropic thunder world because of Simple Robert, Jack. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> His performance is simple, Jack. Just it fully recontextualizes the Ooh. bad kind of Oscar. Man, bait. when when you said it fully re, <laughs> I was started getting a little. <laughs> you never go. I, you never go fully recontextualized, dude. Honestly, so I'll say it right now. I haven't seen this movie in really in a few years, but is Tropic Thunder like the best movie ever? Has it, it aged it's perfectly? It's literally like, the it's, movie you could have. Or is it only- aged? Awfully. You could have only made in the year 2008. Not before and not after. Yeah, and Bush's America doesn't work and like late stage Obama America doesn't work. Yeah. It just has to be year it is, one. It is a masterpiece for that specific time period. Man, talk about the best Tom Cruise performances. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> if we're doing worst moment in this movie, by the way, I think it's definitely the scene when... Um, Robert De Niro has become a bad boy and Robin goes to meet him and he, Robert has cronies. <laughs> oh my God. He's I, like, oh, that, those I, guys? No, I wish I'm I didn't need so, him. Man. I'm so like, what are you, glad. a gangster now? I'm so oh, glad wait, that you he said goes, that. He scene. goes up to the one flu ward. He goes, he goes to one flu ward and he goes full Godfather part two. <laughs> fucking Robert De Niro out here. Just like, uh, it, these are my friend they got my, my back <laughs> that's literally I'm so glad you mentioned that that scene like made me want to punch my TV I hated it so much I thought it was like the worst him, right, him radicalizing canceled. the mental ward is weird like it's weird that, <laughs> why are we spending okay. time doing that Okay, don't fucking cancel me. Cancel fucking Robert De Niro then, because that's what he's he, what he's doing oh, yeah. is Oscar holy, nominated is wholly more offensive than me doing an impersonation of his bad impersonation. Hey, we'll, we'll leave that um, to the viewer. Okay, <laughs> slash listener. Uh, it, yeah, it's just that's a tough look. Oh, these guys? No, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, I mean, they're for protection. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? You're a boy. You're a little boy. <laughs> he pushes Robin to the ground I, and so, breaks his glass. So and Robin's like, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm oh, I, I fell. I fell. Don't hurt him. He, I fell. Um, so he... Another thing where I was wondering, is this like a bad Robert De Niro performance is because like, so he comes out of consciousness and he has the mind of like a seven or an eight year old boy. So he has the mind of a seven or eight year old boy for like, I don't know, like two scenes. And then suddenly he's just like, no, I'm a full functioning adult now. I learned all the wisdom and knowledge of yeah. 25 well, that's the thing, years. Like, by- the problem is <laughs> his performance isn't bringing wisdom and knowledge. It's the, the things he's saying. Yeah, like he's, he's written to be, get a way smarter really fast. I'm Vito that's, Corleone. That's, 
<laughs> he just becomes fucking Don. Um, like, so like it's it's like he's, he's not improving the intelligence. It's a problem with the script, man. Like they they wrote that guy to just get smart. He needs to have. He needs to go full Jack. Like he needs to fucking have the brain of a child. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. Is this movie because, a, a worse version of Jack? Is our question. I I'm gonna be real with you. I haven't seen Jack. I'm looking forward to. Whoa. Jack. Okay. So it's just like if if we're talking medical accuracy, you're not just getting up after sitting for 30 years. You you can't stand. Like your your muscles are so gone. You know what I mean? You can't. It's it's hard for you to speak any word you've never said before. You probably can't say. Yeah, I love like, the way that just everybody's just like, yeah, no, I I haven't spoken 35 years, but like I'm good to go. Hey, look, like I'm you want to make a podcast you guys, together you guys want to like, do the charleston for like three hours and like drink alcohol <laughs> which is legal by the way like yeah so that well that's why this movie shouldn't go down that path for this me because this be movie funny. should it should feel like a movie yeah. like it shouldn't be like it a comedy but it, crazy. it should just it should just be a movie like it should it should take liberties that only movies are allowed to take yeah. and it does or go all in on the challenging route and fully zero in on Robert De Niro. Don't waste time with the Robin Williams character and and or or even dive into some of the other patients and really show us like the the tragic Yeah, I want to hear uh, I want to I want to hear people asking them like like serious questions like what do you remember? Like you know what I mean? Like how do you feel about being here now? Like it's just like it doesn't go either way, man. It's stuck in the middle. It's waffling. So, recaging couch. Cage. Where do we put Nicholas Cage? Cage is one of the cronies in that uh, scene. Yeah. He's one of De Niro's mental He's, ward cronies. But like he like tries to steal. He like sneaks a knife into the mental ward. Hear me out though. Mm. Bobby? Yeah. Can he play Bobby De Niro? Yeah. You swap Cage in for you know Robert what? De Niro. Here's the thing. I love it. <laughs> Stop. I'm, I love it. I'm all in. Is Cage a more talented actor than Robert De Niro? No. Who can say? Who can say really? It's it's kind of a coin flip. I think let's I would, ask the Parkinson's community <laughs> which actor they would, <laughs> would put a little more faith play, in to to, to do people. justice to their. Well, here's the thing: is that's per, not Parkinson's. Yeah. You have to find uh, people who yeah. are infected with encephalitis lagertis. Unfortunately, they are all dead because that was an epidemic in the 1920s for mm-hmm. the most part. So <sighs> rats, we'll never know. Cage, well, maybe he could have done it. Hey, maybe again. the next COVID variant could, will just turn us thing, all into. At least it would have had life. Let's put him in the Robin Williams role. Um. I don't know if it would have had life because think about the what's the name of the military movie he did that wind talkers wind talkers there's no life in that man like that's what he would bring he would bring he would do the same shit but 1990 he's he's still bringing juice he's just like yeah I've done vampires kiss I'm ready to go serious (laughs) no I I think the the best kind of middle of the road choice is to sub him in for uh, Peter Stormare the chemist who gives the presentation. Just on that the, one. Uh, that's the, the so drug. good because that guy's weird. Yeah, that, that guy's that, weird. That guy's that's, weird. That's it's a, really it's a weird choice. character. Weird performance. I liked that character because it was a much more realistic depiction of what uh, the the troubles that that doctor would run into. Yeah. He wouldn't run into downright like people opposing his viewpoint. He would just run into apathy. That guy just doesn't care. He's right. like, why are you like coming at me so hard? I'm just a chemist. Like, I like that scene off. where he's just like, I'm yeah. just a chemist. He's like, yeah. listen, I like, it's cool that you're having this breakthrough. I'm not like, I'm not a part of this. I just make the drug. Yeah. That I really like that. That would be a great cage part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he'd do good. Could yeah. in the urinal just like, yeah. just like trying to whiz. And he's like, 
Cage would fully turn around the year and all and pee on him. And that's I it. wish that um, would be great. Could Cage play the Julie Kavner part? Could he be the love interest? Um, no. Well, just as an, not even as a love interest, but could he be the second lead nurse there? We, I wanted some more energy, even from, not from her, because again, it's a script issue that we don't get more from her, but I just want somebody Xavier, maybe make him the um, nurse who is playing music to see which, like, what the patients react to. I don't know. Put him somewhere in there. There. I think that Steve Z- Zalian Zalian ran Steve into Zalian. the my only critique. Well, no, I, it wasn't my only one, but it was my main issue with the Irishman, which I did still think was great and loved. But like, I I didn't like when we got too far into the weeds of the specifics of what actually happened in in the plot of that movie, and that happened a good amount. I think I think he gets too invested in his source material, and the result is boring people. The result, you know what I mean? The, the result is in that in the Irishman, it was plot points that were just like convoluted and, and unnecessary. In this movie, the result was uh, people who acted like a doctor would act, which is really boring because doctors are usually boring. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, it does work out well, like that kind of playing faithfully to the source text. Of course, like searching for Bobby Fisher, Schindler's List, something like that. It's like it's kind of inc- like especially Schindler's List, like because it's being told in such an epic fashion, it works that it's like, it kind of does have mm-hmm. that almost overwritten nature to yeah. it. Rewatchable. But in something like yeah. this, yeah, um, wholly rewatchable. So what I really want to talk about though, is recasting this for the modern era. Um, I hinted at this the last episode um, because it's, it's really, really difficult to find people. For Robin? Yeah, for Robin, we can talk about Bobby too, but it's really hard to... And f- anybody could play Robin's it, part here, man. It's, it's hard yeah. to find natural warmth in in a, a modern actor. It really is. Um, like I said last episode, Ruffalo makes a lot of sense. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, because he's, yeah. He's, 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 he doesn't look like hot shit. So they he, knew! Well, really, I mean, I think that's more interesting to figure out who do we re- who do we recast to rewrite this script? <laughs> who do we get to do the Steve Zalian part? You know, it's like makes me mad. It's like Steve Zalian, like even like in the modern days, man, we're like fucking Moneyball. You no, want Moneyball? Moneyball's well, fucking great. The, the, the problem is that but we wait, that's Aaron Sorkin. What are you talking about? Steve Zalian? Aaron Moneyball? Sorkin wrote Moneyball. Steve Zalian definitely had a writing credit. Yeah, he does have writing credit on Moneyball. Yeah. Um, it's hundred percent. The problem, I think we run into this problem where like we expect someone who's good to just always be good. And that's just not how people work, man. Like I have days where yeah. I just like every choice I make just sucks. Look, dude, you know, like uh, that look, happens. Listeners, I'm sorry. You're going to listen to just some podcasts and you're going to be like, yeah, the boys phoned it in on that one. Yeah. This one isn't one of them, by the way. Keep no, listening. Most of the other ones. Stop listening are. to us at 1.2 speed. <laughs> really? Like hear us enunciate. It's. Yeah, I said Ruffalo. Someone, someone that has like a weird type of warmth to me is Robert Downey. For Robin, yeah, I think you he know, would do a good job. The, like I, the soloist era, Robert Downey Jr. I could see doing it. The problem is that I do think that what this character needs is that quiet, subdued nature. The problem is that Robin is capable of so much more than that so we know he's operating at like 
fifteen percent capacity. He's here. also he also should be at twenty five. He's too subdued in this movie. I'm sorry. Right. right. No, but I there yeah, are actors. Are where we where he is on the Robin scale? Because no, we'll, we'll this is there. like a zero. But modern um, era, who who can do that then? Who's subdued but also exudes like a true passion for humanity? Because that he does bring that. You do believe that he cares about these patients, right? So yeah. who's got that? Here's the thing: Isn't is that, that hard? it's going to sound weird. And he's probably too hot to do it. And he's too, he still has like the boyish look about him. But maybe if he was able to actually grow a full beard, I think somebody who's able to like be charming and warm without trying to be charming and warm in the same way. Again, he has the looks going for him, but is Ryan Gosling. Mm. You know, Ryan Gosling. Doctor? No, 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 no. Again, I'm saying he's too young for this part, but I'm saying if we aged up Ryan Gosling, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling, whenever you see those movies, and like he just kind of has that like little smirk to him, like, here I go acting again. No, I kind of, I can see it because he, in his early career, he was subdued all of the time. Yeah. Like, in, because people didn't know how to write. And like in the notebook, he's either doing nothing for most of the movie, but in a good way. Like, he was doing it intentionally, or he's like being full, like, I love you. That's, I mean, the problem is that he's still, even though he's like older now, he still doesn't look older. So he'd have to like, okay. He needs to actually be aged up a little Hear bit, me but hmm. I'm fully. Sp- spice pilled right now oh no oh, but i don't like this full bearded daddy mode oscar isaac yeah i think he could bring it it's i still i don't i don't feel a lot of warmth with oscar isaac and like i don't with oscar isaac is one of oscar isaac is one of my favorite actors in the world but he's like, too hot he's no, too sexy well it's not even like a sex appeal thing it's that i think that oscar isaac is beck is best whenever there's like kind of a sadness to him that's fair. Like, think there about is, there's a sadness to this character, though. There fully is a sadness. I'm not. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't. Sadness is not what I think about. This is going to sound character. fucked, and the it, it, it's. I know it sounds bad to be discussing things so superficially, but I always say this: most of casting is done before the acting starts. This, like, it's monkey brain stuff. It's about how they look. Yeah. It and it's a status thing. That's the problem. Is like this man needs to be by look alone below the people he is fighting against. He needs to look worse than Bradley Whitford. Right there. And they're <laughs> and the problem with casting that in the modern age is most actors are baseline attractive people. Yeah. Like, just, and, and when they're not they're they're weird or they're villains like Jesse Plemons. Yeah, I just I mean, and I, I, and I could see him doing a really great subdued like guy here, yeah. but it would be weirder. My so, favorite version of Oscar Isaac is inside Lewin Davis Oscar Isaac, where there's like an inherent sad, like a defeated. very sadness. Yeah, like it like it's just like he's like hot but not quite hot enough to have actually right. made it. so i have a that's weird, my favorite type of I, him i have a weird choice and it's someone who is a bit of a pretty boy and he's always he's definitely way too young but like this could be a movie about a young doctor finding something out it doesn't matter the age doesn't matter but he he exudes a very very weird warmth for like a young actor who has like sharp looks um andrew garfield for some reason you know what tick tick boom <laughs> For some reason, he just like he, he feels like a person to me more than a lot of younger actors do. And that's it's hard to find. And we also are because this is a period piece. We're only allowed to look at white men and yeah. white male actors right now are generally pretty the same. Like if we really wanted to look, we'd have to look, you know, we we would uh, not care about gender or race or anything like that. But 
for the purposes of this movie, it's tough. Well, if, yeah, because I mean, like, real. If we're, like, if we're expanding of, a bit, then I would be like Lakeith Stanfield. Like, I know. Let's throw him fucking or, in this yeah, role. No, and he or, could absolutely like, destroy this. Or frankly, like, like most good actresses yeah honestly, like, <laughs> i mean just because in general usually because that's, that's where warmth is man yeah like, that's a hollywood thing is that just most actors aren't allowed to give warmth in the same like that actresses just inherently actresses have a lot more because that's it. what uh like, hollywood also looks for and that would be really the way to look but like for you know for this it's like i could see him just being like this young doctor who's like and that make the status thing still makes sense then because he's younger than the people he's fighting against so th- this is an actor that I don't think brings a lot of warmth, but I think could work really well in the different approach to this story, which is like the more clinical approach to the story. Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're trying to go more kind of like serious, devastating. Yeah, go, uh, yeah more of the serious. I think I, like he, I think he brings it. I like that a lot, actually. Who would you have to be the Bobby role then? I think if you're going more serious, I think if you're going to go with one of his contemporaries, I mean, I dude, here's the thing with this movie is like you have to fundamentally change the entire conceit of it, because like literally anybody you put into the Bobby role is going to be that that's a lost cause and that's to why you, go into yeah it. you put eddie redmayne in that role <laughs> and you just call it you call it theory of everything too i think you guys that, ever see theory of everything yeah. i think i think that if you <laughs> man woof. ideally ideally in an ideal world you would bring in an actor that's actually disabled yeah of course yeah like but, that's actually but that's not but and also like what is the disability that you're bringing in because this disability like hardly exists right. in, unless you're bringing in someone that just has parkinson's but the problem is the level of parkinson's in this varies wildly because they're being they have such a severe form of parkinson's that it becomes ca- like being catatonic but that means when they come back it gets lesser and lesser and then it's totally gone exactly and then it's back yeah so that that's so, tough. It, yeah, it's like impossible. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I'm going with Joaquin Phoenix. Wow. I'm going with don't make it. I'm going with this shouldn't have been made. <laughs> yeah, no, just <laughs> and you don't have to adapt everything. Just did let's we, just leave this one on the shelf. Did we do Robins out of 10? Zero. Can we go negative how on do the you scale? Go, how, like for warmth, I'll give him a two, but like I don't see it getting much worse, man. I think two. Two is right on the money. I, I think it's a go- one. I think this is this is going to be as low as we get. Got- I, there's I don't see a single movie. I looked on the docket what we have. I don't see a single performance where I'm going to say like, oh, this is has less life to it than Here's, this movie. I think I maybe go three just to mm. be on the safe side because there what are, are the warm you got to be safe, man. What you got to be safe here? Here's <laughs> the thing. What are the Robin scenes? It's, it's, what about this movie? You say. This needed to well, be Robin triples, Williams. Triples is safe. I'll tell you the the only scenes where it's truly Robin is when he is doing the experiments and he's getting results and seeing humanity in these yeah. people and he smiles. He has like his face turns red and he gives like a what an smile. interesting reaction. No, but what does it mean? It's just like like that is the warmth I'm talking about. Like that is a smile of a real human and like. If a movie star flashed like their perfect teeth at me, I'd be like, okay, shut the fuck up. When he's talking to like the investors of the hospital and he's like trying to communicate to them like why this is important. And then the, the, the one lady is like handing him the note, like less scientific. I have the worst feeling. I have the worst. I, 
Actually, no, I, I, I changed my mind. And actually, we do need to bring this back. And the Robert De Niro role should be played by Chris Pratt. And, <laughs> and also he should be an Italian American. <laughs> and and the um, the Robin Williams role should be played by Zac Efron. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to wrap. What about okay? Up. So not Zach Efron. What about Zach Braff? Mm. Hospital experience. Florence Pugh plays the Robert De Niro role. Ew. And said they find and love they, with and each they other. Fuck. I'm like puke. Is any gross in the real life version? No. I, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> no, no. Ernst is throwing up. I. I'm glad we covered this, even though this movie's bad. It's important for the filmography. I think that this is, I think he goes too far. And wait, what's the next one up on the dock that we're oh, doing? Oh, The Fisher King. Okay. So that's, we're getting back on track now. I have, I have a modern, if if you, if you, in the Robin role, if you cast like later 2000s, early 2010s, Steve Carell, he would do great. Hey, yeah. Straight Fox up. Catcher. Like we've seen him go like full dramatic. He just like he, he he has the same thing where you can look in his eyes and see a person. You know, honestly, Steve Carell is the person. If you're going to like put this to a modern day version, Steve Carell is probably the closest thing we have to a Robin Williams in modern day. But that's really interesting. The, the issue. That's fascinating. I mean, you need it's I, just he veered so hard into not comedy. You yeah, need to pair it with another right. person like that's what I was talking about earlier. When see Carell and freaking Dwight, that guy's a spaz, man. Come on, have you seen that show, The, the Office or something? They, they, they crack. Dude, the storefront's me up. my favorite show. The storefront. You, you have to pair these two together because, like I said earlier, like when you have that moment when Robin is looking back at the old tapes, and they're like, "You're friends. You're friends." You guys were friends like that needs to land and I, it doesn't land in this movie. No, I know. But I fucking wanted it to. And if you get that moment to land yeah. the way the movie wants it to land, mm-hmm. you got to fucking. Hit and again, it. I I really want to make this clear to the listeners because the casting, the, the field of casting is one of the most fascinating in all of uh, film to me because it's the most ethereal it's the most like hard to grasp it genuinely is feel like not a lot of film is actually just feel like you, you can get by on just mechanics alone in most films of feel or most uh fields of film yeah we'll talk about that with dune <laughs> um but um but yeah in, in casting like you you saying that that might sound silly to someone that you need that moment to work but guess what if the script is written a lot of the time when they are looking for a cast, they are making people read that scene. They're like, okay, what's the one scene that has to work? And we're right. going to make two people read that have to work together in that the chemistry. Scene. Read. Yeah. That's why casting is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So real quick, <laughs> this movie uh, had a $29 million budget. It made 52 at the box office. So uh, almost double. Yeah, um, I, I did it. see a lot of that was in re-release around Oscar season. Yeah, yeah so it, it did. It did bad, and it makes sense. Um, well, and earlier I was saying like I don't know where all these good reviews are coming from, but generally the public does agree. They just don't. They don't like hate the movie. They but they don't love it. Like it had its chance to be beloved, and it's not. It's just, it's, no, this is, I again, think, I this think, movie has doubled the budget. The last Robin Williams movie they made doubled the budget of Dead Poets Society and, and a, one fifth, fifth of, of the, the money. Yep. 
Yeah. 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 Did you say it almost hit 300 mil dead poets? Almost. Uh, like it, was it was over 250. Yeah. It was over 250. Worldwide. Like, so, that's yeah, that's what we're saying here, though, is like this movie, we can we can look at all the positive reviews we want and be like, what are they seeing? But like the public had its chance to love it yeah. and the public doesn't love it. And this isn't a movie people talk about. But so but that's fine. I'm fine with that. that. I think our parents generation is that crowd that was like just looking at Bobby and being like, I love this movie because he did that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can see it and be like, oh, this is. And also I could see if you watch this a little less cynically, I could see you not being in love with the movie, but it's still working on you. It's still, yeah. you know, you're and like just feeling. I feel like there was a there was a generation of people before us, like our parents, that they just felt obligated to gravitate towards movies like this because it just felt like. There was no other movie that had Robert De Niro no, playing exactly. a disabled I mean, man. Like, well, no, this was it Robert, makes sense. Just any Robert De Niro movie was a fucking event. I we went to the theater to go see what is Robert De Niro doing. And I can see this movie in a vacuum just working on like like a good amount of people. But this is literally no one's favorite movie. Um, that crowd you're talking about, like our parents crowd who like this type of movie is for them with the stars and the spectacle and just like, wow, this is a movie. Their favorite movie is Shawshank. It's not this. Yes. You know what I mean? Like this movie had its chance and it and it it failed or for even what one flu for. Yeah. yeah for what this it's movie was not... supposed to be. It failed. And that's I'm very happy about that. Can I ask a quick question? What the fuck is the poster for this it's movie? It's the scene where he goes on the rock. Remember? And Robin's like, hey, get down from the rock. Yeah. You remember how like this is like a, a, a water movie? <laughs> <laughs> this so is what, one of those like like what, C movies. You know, I did see this poster before I started. I was like, man, can't wait for him to go to the beach. Yeah. They're there for two minutes. Yes. And man, I had a good time. So this and movie we hear it's the time of the season. This movie was nominated for Best Picture. It lost to Dances with Wolves. Uh you know what else? No, yeah, another bad beat there. Um, Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas is the movie that should have won that. Like, two, are you that Goodfellas? Two years in a row that the Academy Awards uh, just, this is a rough time. Man, let me tell you guys, whenever mm. I was doing my Oscar no, watch through, it's a tough beat, but also it's a fascinating beat well, for like, there is a lot of overhaul that happens around this era. Have you seen Dances with Wolves though? You know, I will say, Dances with Wolves hasn't aged as badly as some yeah, people make it. What out if to I be. told you that it's there more was a in young, concept that it has? What yes, if there was uh, a, in execution? It actually, like has it's not that offensive. Yeah, but it's it's the Goodfellas thing that's going to haunt it forever. And, exactly, and rightfully so. Like that. that was and a fuck it, up. it's that it's over three hours long. Is not a yeah, good. It's it's a little pompous. I told you that there was a young white boy who went to a distant land that was. Maybe full of spice and assimilated so are himself you saying, with wait, the native wait, people of that land. Are you saying that Dune is Dances for the Wolves for 2021? Because you, you are wholly not selling me or the audience on Dune right now. You're telling me about Avatar right now. You're telling me about Fern Gully right now. James and I don't Cameron's appreciate it. Dances with Dune. I'd watch uh, James Cameron's Dune. I really would. It's. That'd be better than Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Who knows? Maybe we'll see. All right, oh. we 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 gotta wrap this up. 
We got. I guess go. at this point, listeners are listening to this and they've already heard our Dune review, so they know what our takes are on Dune. That's a good point. We're like talking into the past in the. Evening. I don't. Yeah, Can I haven't seen it. Drew, like Can you Dune. believe? Drew, shut up. Can you believe that the Celtics started twenty-two and zero to the NBA season? This is insane. Like, what are can, we gonna do? Can you here? believe that the Magic started? 22 and negative one <laughs> they actually got they also like i can't believe that the dolphins are gonna win the afc east now mm-hmm. yeah i hope that's true that would yeah. be really funny if like the, you you will you manifest I that manifest the jets the are gonna win the world series <laughs> man what am i gonna do when it's a red sox braves world series yeah. i don't know the listeners will have can you believe that they they decided to have the oscars early once they saw the last duel so they could give it all to damon yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the movie we have all. Seen. I actually heard that Evan Hansen swept. Okay, like Evan Hansen won literally everything. Mm-hmm. We because we he said to. he was going to kill yeah. himself, including my heart. <laughs> my heart. We have to end. This. Do you ever get that feeling that nobody really cares? <laughs> Do you ever really? Listen? You, you will, will be found. <laughs> Man, oh god, right, I can't wait for that you movie. for <laughs> listening picture. to We Bought a Mic. Please email us at webottomic.gmail.com. Follow us at We Bought a Mic on social media. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. I hope, I hope this is the last recording of my voice <laughs> before I pass away. Send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash We Bought a Mic. Um, also, you can donate at anchor.fm. Jerry, I want you to know that I would write my name on your cast. Thank you, everybody that has donated to support us, support our. Uh, honeymoon to the Popeye Island and the Arrakis planet. Yeah, well, th- the first, uh, thank you, previous listeners, for paying for our trip to Arrakis. We have returned from Arrakis. Um, we are very sunburnt. Thank very you for that. spice pilled. Please sure. send us uh, to Popeye Island now. Thank you. Uh, visit our website at webottomike.net where you can stay up to date with every episode right in your email inbox and next week we got a little movie called the fisher king we can stay tuned for that more robin for you i hope you enjoyed the last couple of off robin pods but now we're back on robin so stay tuned for that thanks for listening we love you bye bye bye